hello, I'm Yeva, Senior Associate from Sarayan and Vilnius Office, together with my colleague Valeria from Belarus. Uh, uh, we welcome everyone uh, to the Sarainan Arbitration Series, series of interviews with arbitration institutions who consider Baltics and Belarus uh, as their target markets. Uh, today, we're extremely pleased to introduce uh, our guest, Natalia Petrik, Legal Counsel of Arbitration Institute of the Stockholm Chamber of Commerce. Uh, hello, Natalia. Hello, hello, Eva, Valeria, hello, everyone. Hello, Natalia. <laughs> Um, Natalia, let's start with the first question concerning a little bit about caseload as of SCC. Uh, SCC is well known for its focus on West-East trade disputes and Baltic states and Belarus share some common history with Soviet Union and East-West tensions. Although the situation is different right now, at least for Baltic states, does the trend to choose SCC remain for these states? What is the nature of such disputes and their average stake? Yes, indeed, the trend remains. Actually, the Arbitration Institute in Stockholm was chosen as a dispute resolution forum and as a point in authority long ago in the middle of 70s last century between Soviet-US disputes, but it gained its reputation and uh, became known as, as a point in authority or administrative body uh, in the middle of 90s after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And uh, it remains a preferred arbitral institution for the parties from Europe, Eastern Europe and CIS for many factors because of its neutrality, because of its geographic proximity, quality of services. So it, it it is still uh, quite a known institution and uh, the caseload from Baltic states and Belarus is uh, quite considerable compared with all other cases. You can see the figures of the cases here on this slide and the character of the disputes is quite diverse. Uh, there are certain trends, however, disputes from uh, with Belarus parties most often concern deliveries from and to Belarus and construction. Mm -hmm. With respect to Baltic states, you will uh, more often see share purchase agreements, sometimes energy related disputes which cover quite a broad group. It might be deliveries, construction, anything else, a little bit of clean tech and life science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's quite consistent. And uh, what is the usual choice of the seat of arbitration and the law applicable to the merits of the case? Well, not all disputed contracts actually include the seat of arbitration in the arbitration clause. And although the SCC rules do not provide for Stockholm as a fallback seat in the SCC arbitrations, the SCC most often will decide on Stockholm as a seat where there is no other choice no agreement between the parties. Uh, at the same time, as you can see on this slide, parties from Baltic states has uh, have tendency to choose a seat arbit of arbitration outside Sweden, which is entirely okay. Seats uh, might be chosen in any other country where you have a more or less compatible legislation with the SSC rules. And in, on practice, you will see that this works very well. And you can see from this slide that the parties choose Tallinn and Riga and uh, sometimes other Scandinavian countries as a seat for arbitration it can be Copenhagen, it can be Helsinki. And the rules basically can be used for arbitrations uh, outside Sweden. 
Speaking about applicable law, the variety is striking, as you can see here on this slide, and it's difficult to make any conclusions as to which law is preferred by the parties. I can guess that it is the law of one of the parties, but in most arbitration clauses, the parties do not choose any applicable law whatsoever, and the law is established by the tribunal. Mm, thank you. Um, our other question is, um, it seems that SEC puts a lot of effort into promotion of ad hoc arbitration, providing services and platform. Uh, this might be controversial for the Institute. How to help parties with dilemma, ad hoc or institutional arbitration? Uh, well, indeed, in this difficult time, actually, institutions should be involved in supporting all kinds of arbitrations, you know, both ad hoc and uh, institutional, of course, regardless of its form. I would say personally that ad hoc arbitration actually adds a little bit of complexity to the proceedings because the tribunals and the parties will be faced with much more administrative tasks during uh, in the course of the arbitration. And at least in the in, in, in the international context, probably institutional arbitration uh, is a more uh, convenient and pref preferable choice. Okay. And then, Natalia, how to choose the institute? What criteria should parties consider? Actually, here there are two questions. When to choose uh, an institution or a forum and how to choose? Because, of course, you, you everyone knows the notion of midnight close. First, when negotiating the contract, the parties do not fee, uh, think uh, much about choosing uh, a particular institution or what it is there in the arbitration clause. They go by tradition or simply do not like pay much attention to this part of the contract. And uh, in fact, it is very important to pay attention and to uh, make some research on the issue, what you would like to have in your contract as a dispute resolution forum. For instance, uh, if you can figure out what kind of disputes your contract can give rise to, whether it will be a, a small dispute or a big dispute, complicated, less complicated, what, what this can be in reality, you, it will be easier for you to choose a forum and an institution. And when you are there that you decided already, okay, we go by arbitration and we want uh, uh, to have an institutional arbitration, then there are other issues to look at. For instance, would you like to have a arbitration seated in one of your countries of the contracting uh, parties or you would like to go to a neutral institution outside your countries then what to choose if it's a small dispute that you can project or figure out that will take place out of this contract then it's good to know whether the institution has some kind of expedited procedure uh, at lower cost or uh, only standard arbitration rules. And then please feel free to, ch to check the statistics of the arbitral institution, whether it takes long time, short time to conduct arbitration, what would be the cost and what is the cost system, whether it is hourly fees that are charged by the institution and tribunals or uh, table-based ad valorem system. So there are many particularities that would, would be very good to know before you choose something. And based on that, making that research, uh, it will be much, much easier for you to understand how this system works and what is best for you uh, in, in relation to this particular contract.
Good, thank you, Natalia. Let's move to another important topic. It's arbitrators and their appointment. It would be interesting to know what does institution consider when appointing arbitrators. Maybe you can shed the light on the internal procedure of the appointment. Well, when we speak about appointments, uh, usually institution uh, is involved in, into the appointment of a chair of the tribunal or a sole arbitrator. And the, the SEC does not have a roster or a list of arbitrators. The parties may uh, select any person when they appoint a co-arbitrator of any nationality. The SEC has a little bit different mechanism and um, it has a, a database of arbitrators which currently includes more than 1,100 names of arbitrators who have ever been appointed on the SCC arbitrations or currently sitting on the SCC tribunals, and they're coming from all around the world. We have, for instance, three Belarus arbitrators, six from Estonia, three Latvian, two Lithuanian arbitrators. The database is searchable for skills and competences, and when the case is ready for an appointment, the Secretariat looks into the circumstances of the case and applicable law and any other factors, and then um, drafts a, a, a short list of names uh, which might be suitable for an appointment, and that short list goes to the SEC board, who considers the list and considers the case, looking into uh, the facts of the case, what is specific for this particular case. The board sometimes can approve, amend, or uh, simply confirm the list proposed by the Secretariat, and after that the uh, SEC makes an appointment. Uh, in between those two stages, the SEC also checks the availability, impartiality, and the independence of the uh, potential arbitrator. So this is the uh, procedure that we apply when appointing someone on a case. Natalia, let's discuss new normal. Webinars, online hearings became usual thing. Ability to conduct uh, hearings efficiently despite being locked down in your own apartment uh, became uh, a must for legal counsel, arbitrators and the institution, I guess. What trends and changes in arbitral proceedings due to COVID-19 pandemics have you observed? Uh, well, I would say that we had, um, I would say, three uh, major changes or trends, rather. In the beginning of the pandemic, I think that we all, both institutions and tribunals and even the parties, were faced with a lot of problems, you know, delays, the need to reschedule the proceedings, postpone the hearing, what to do. No one was sure how long the pandemic would take. So everyone was trying to find solutions and overcoming difficulties. And in this respect, um, the SSC actually encouraged the tribunals and the parties through addressing them through the SCC platform to adhere to their schedules, to try to cooperate and find other solutions to logistics. For instance, go, uh, to, uh, go over to online hearings where it is possible. And to that we received actually a positive response. So this uh, resulted in, in a second trend, uh, and this second trend is a spirit 
uh, for cooperation. So mm -hmm. everyone was involved and when tribunals and parties and everyone uh, in the industry realized that the pandemic takes longer time than expected and actually uh, it's even now unclear when people can start traveling, when all the restrictions are lifted, then everyone indeed try to uh, change their mindset and try to look into those new uh, trends, online solutions and so on. And this resulted in the third trend, which is development of new procedures and skills. Actually, I think that everyone uh, and um, uh, in, in our industry witnessed appearance of a lot of various checklists and updates on arbitral proceedings during the pandemics. We try to monitor and to post all interesting and relevant materials on our COVID web page. Everything that can be of interest and help the parties and tribunals, including the checklist, instructions, best practices is gathered there. So this was a fast development and we also witnessed a fast development of new softs and technic solution for online hearings and we have contact, we keep contact with uh, providers of um, online solutions for online hearings and inform the community about the new uh, latest development. So that was uh, the third trend during the pandemic. Great. Thank you, Natalia. Thank you for these valuable insights into SCC's kitchen. Uh, we're sure that our audience enjoyed it a lot. And to conclude, we were here today with legal counsel of the Arbitration Institute of the Stockholm Chamber of Commerce, Natalia Pietrik. We welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Natalia. <laughs> Thank you too. Stay safe and take care of yourselves. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>